Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Mainly Coaching, where each week we embark on a journey of self-discovery, growth, and empowerment. I'm your host, Karen, and today we're diving into the third episode of our Breakup to Breakthrough series. In this episode, we focus on a topic that resonates deeply with many of our listeners, co-parenting. How can we navigate this challenging journey after a breakup, making sure we're putting our children's well-being at the forefront? This episode is designed to share insights and strategies to provide you with a framework for a successful co-parenting journey, and we'll be asking a couple very special guests some questions. Joining me, I'll have my 21-year-old son, Connor, and my 12-year-old daughter, Nadia. I'll be asking them a few questions regarding their experiences with co-parenting. Before we get started, I wanted to acknowledge the complexities of co-parenting. It's a journey filled with emotions, challenges, and at times, uncertainty. However, by approaching it with the right mindset and strategies, we can create a positive, nurturing environment for our children. Let's face it, divorce can be an extremely emotional experience, and one of the biggest challenges can be to not allow our emotions to get in the way of co-parenting. And sometimes we'll use our children as pawns or put them in the middle. It's essential to shield them from the emotional turbulence between parents. Instead, you must focus on creating a supportive and stable environment for them to thrive. One key aspect is to work towards learning how to take emotions out of the equation. I know, I know, it's easier said than done. However, staying focused on your children's well-being and removing your personal feelings towards your ex-partner will help you make more rational, child-centered decisions. Here are three techniques to help prioritize your children when emotions run high. First is mindful communication. What does this mean? Before engaging in any co-parenting conversation, take a moment to check in with your emotions. If you find yourself feeling angry, hurt, or frustrated, consider delaying the discussion until you can approach it with a more composed mindset. Some suggestions to become more composed is to practice deep breathing or mindfulness exercises to ground yourself and to also focus on the specific issue at hand without letting past grievances cloud your judgment. Use I statements to express your feelings and needs and avoid blame or accusations. Second, utilize neutral platforms. When emotions are running high, consider using neutral platforms for communication. Utilize co-parenting apps or email to discuss important matters as these provide a written record and reduce the risk of miscommunication. Many of my clients reserve face-to-face or phone conversations for positive interactions, such as celebrating achievements or sharing positive updates about the children. They utilize written communication for more logistical or potentially contentious topics. This helps to maintain a focused and task-oriented approach preventing any emotional escalation. In addition to the above examples, another important component is setting clear and healthy boundaries. It's true, when things are amicable, they can go smoothly. However, when they are not, it can get ugly. By both parents setting clear and healthy boundaries at the onset, you can agree on and make the bad times less tumultuous for all. This involves clear communication, mutual respect, and a commitment to working together for the sake of the children. Here are a few techniques to help establish and maintain healthy co-parenting boundaries. First, 
establish clear communication guidelines. Clearly define how and when communication will occur between co-parents. Establish guidelines for discussing matters related to the children, such as scheduling, education, and health. Consider setting designated times for communication to avoid impromptu, emotionally charged discussions. As discussed earlier, many co-parents will create a shared document outlining communication protocols. This document can include preferred methods of communication, for example, email, messaging apps, or co-parenting apps, specific timeframes for responses, and guidelines for the type of information to be discussed through each channel. Regularly revisit and update these guidelines as needed. Second, define roles and responsibilities. Clearly outline each co-parent's roles and responsibilities in the upbringing of the children. Establish expectations regarding decision-making, financial contributions, and involvement in various aspects of the children's lives. This is best done by working together to create a co-parenting plan that details specific roles and responsibilities. You may find it useful to include a neutral party in this discussion. This plan can include details about visitation schedules, sharing parental duties during special events, and guidelines for handling emergencies. By having a clear roadmap, both parents can navigate their roles with minimal conflict and confusion. Third, prioritize consistency across all households. Strive for consistency in rules, routines, and expectations across both households. Children benefit from stability and having consistent guidelines can reduce confusion and stress during transitions between homes. In order for this to be effective, you must collaborate with the other parent to establish common rules regarding discipline, homework, screen time, and other daily routines. Regularly communicate about any changes or adjustments to maintain a unified approach. Consistency provides a sense of security for children, helping them transition between homes more smoothly. Remember, creating healthy boundaries is an ongoing process that requires open communication and flexibility. It's essential to regularly reassess and adjust these boundaries as circumstances change and as the children's needs evolve. By prioritizing clear communication, defining roles, and ensuring consistency, co-parents can contribute to a supportive and stable environment for their children. Many of you listening to this have either been the victim of, or possibly have used, this is my time with you. I believe that it is important for us to understand that it's the children's time, not yours or your partner's time. It is a vital perspective shift. This means prioritizing the children's needs and activities over personal agendas. I remember a time when I really struggled with this. My son's father is an avid outdoorsman and was always off on a fishing adventure, and my son loved to spend time outside with his dad. There were times I had things planned for us to do on my week, and I had to weigh my own wants and what was best for my son. Sometimes it was being firm and holding on my plans, and others it was knowing that it was in his best interest to attend with his dad. One thing that I feel that has been truly beneficial for both my children is that at any milestone event, such as birthdays, graduations, and sporting events, we have always put our animosity towards each other aside and have attended these milestone events together as a united front, supporting our children and putting their well-being at the forefront. Now keep in mind, we can plan a year in advance, set up our schedules, 
set healthy boundaries, prioritize our children's well-being, have clear communication. However, there's going to be times that there's a curveball thrown at us. Our children are going to continue to grow and their needs are going to change. And it's important for us to understand the importance of being flexible and adaptable. Remember to keep an open mind and be willing to adjust as needed. And remember that in those moments of chaos, that this too shall pass. Now that I've shared some co-parenting tips, I think it's time I bring on my own kids to share their stories and insights. Next up, I'm going to invite a special guest, my daughter, Nadia. Hey, Nadia, are you excited to be on my podcast today? Yes, I am. (laughs) I'd love for you to tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. Maybe start with how old you are and what type of activities you like to do. I am 12. I like reading. I like gaming. And also, the most important thing, sleeping. (laughs) You have to have the qualified amount of eight hours of sleep each and every night, which I don't get. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite book to read? Book series? I like reading Warriors and like fantasy books really yeah what's your favorite character in the warrior cat series do you have one no you don't have one i shared a little bit with you on what this podcast is about today and i wanted to ask you some questions on what it's been like for you since your dad and i divorced a little over 10 years ago will you share with our listeners a little bit what it's been like for you kind of maybe share your story as far as where your dad lives now where we live and how often do you get to see him? I, so since we live in Maine, and he, and my dad lives in Virginia, we get to see him, like, at least once a year. Sometimes, n- not, not a year. Yeah. Like, no times a year. Yeah, it's happened a couple times that you didn't get to see him at all, but more recently, he's, yeah. like, last year, you were able to see him, like, four times? Yeah. Yeah. Last year, he surprised me at the, for the best time. He surprised me for my birthday. Yeah, that's right. That was just last month. Yeah. Yeah. He came for the weekend for your birthday to celebrate with you. And then you also were able to go to Virginia for five days. That was like the best time I've ever had. Awesome. What well, what about it made it so much fun? I got to hang out with my dad. Yeah. His um, new wife. Yeah. And her son. Yeah. And we got to, me and her son, Christopher, got to play games together, which was really fun. Is that why you asked for a Nintendo DS? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So. Or a Switch. Or a Switch, yeah. So since then, um, one of the things that I'd love to share is since we've been divorced, and it's been about 10 years, and you were two, what has that looked like for you as far as co-parenting? What are some of the things that you feel that we've done really well? You guys collaborate a lot, and I like that. When you say collaborate, what is it that you mean by that? Like, you keep him in the loop, I guess. You tell him, like, my report cards in school. You tell him, you show him pictures, you, like, just letting them know what's going on up here in Maine. That's great. 
Is there anything that you wish that we would be better at? At least letting me, like, get to see him. Like, yeah. the, last year was probably a really good year since I got to see him, like, what, three or four times? You just wish that he would visit more or you'd yeah. be able to go over there more? That's really all on your end. It's kind of on his end. Right. No offense to him, but... No, I think it's just scheduling, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. Since he has... He owns a business. Do you think that that makes it really difficult when parents live in different states for the children? Yeah. Yeah. If there was one thing you could change, would that be the one thing you would change is that we would live closer? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I talked about earlier in my podcast was the importance of parents working together when it comes to celebrating their child's milestones. How do you feel that your father and I have handled celebrating those milestones together? I feel like, like my birthdays he, this year, or last year now, a couple other years before. And then Christmas and stuff, I don't go over to Virginia, or he doesn't come to Maine for Christmas. Because he has a separate family in Virginia, and I have a separate family in Maine. So that's really the only things that we do together. It's typically your birthday. Yeah. And he's come for the father-daughter dances. Yeah. At school that they have. Yeah. yeah. My school hosts father-daughter dances and mother-son dances every year. So he comes sometimes for those, or he'll be sub substituted by either my Pepe or my brother. Yeah. Is there something specific that you wish that we would change during those special times? If you ask, if you're asking me that, I really wish that he would come more often for my birthdays, and really, I just wish he would come more often in general. <laughs> so not just special holidays, just that you were able to spend more time with him. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed any changes in how your dad and I interact with each other over the years? Not really. How has it been for you? How is how do you feel our relationship is when you're around? You guys talk more more to each other than I do with my dad instead. <laughs> so you feel like we have a pretty good relationship yeah. or good friendship? Yeah. It's just I'm shy around him because I don't get to see him that often. Besides your dad and I, who else do you feel comfortable talking to about your experiences? My mom and Pepe, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Pretty close with Meme and Pepe. Well, I appreciate you joining the podcast, and I think what the information you shared will be very beneficial to the listeners. So thank you. You're welcome. Next up, I'm excited to have my son, Connor, on. Connor, welcome to the Mainly Coaching Podcast. I'd love for you to tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. Maybe start with how old you are, what your current occupation is. And then, as you know, we're talking about co-parenting. So share a little bit about what you went through. Um, the story about your father and I and how old you were when we got divorced. Well, first off, I'd like to say thanks for having me, Mom. And I'm 20 years old, and I'm a foreman at a powder coating machining facility. And I'm here to share with you guys a little bit about my backstory of how my life started out when my parents first got divorced. Yeah, so tell me about that. How old were you? I was about eight years old, and 
The first time I had heard that they were getting a divorce was early in the morning on a Saturday. They had brought me into their room. We were hanging out in bed, watching TV, petting the cats, just hanging out. And they broke the news to me abruptly that they were going to be having a divorce. And that was a big hit for me. Being eight, I instantly had broken down, went running into my room, slammed the door, and it was just all sorts of different emotions running running through me. I didn't know what was going to happen, how it was going to affect my life, and yeah, it was just crazy. The world turned upside down in an instant. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. So in talking about that and kind of, you know, sharing some of the stories in the past, how do you think that we could have handled that situation a little bit better? I feel you guys could have handled it a little bit better by kind of giving me some hints. Like I've never seen you and dad fight other than who was making dinner that night. (laughs) (laughs) That was a common argument in our household. (laughs) So if I had seen a little bit of dispute or... Just, hey, Connor, things aren't going so well for Dad and I or something along those lines just to give me a little bit of an idea because going into it, I was totally blind Yeah. at the age I was at. No, that's good advice. I know, you know, when your father and I got divorced, we hadn't had any family members that had ever been through it, so it was new to us, and I think that that's definitely valuable feedback to give um, parents that are going through it or, you know, currently separated to ease children into it, try to have either therapy or something um, ahead of it if they can um, to help guide through that process. No, that's excellent advice. Now, what did kind of the process look like once we did get divorced? What was the co-parenting routine originally and how did that change as you got older? So when you guys first got divorced, uh, I think you guys had kind of come to agreement that we were going to do like a midweek split. So dad lived very close, probably about a couple miles away from our house that we had as where I started living as a child. So I would go there. I had my own room, my own pets, and soon to be having another sibling on the way. So it was difficult because... I had school, and in the middle of the week, it was hard because I'd have to start a project, say, at Dad's house, and by the end of the week, I had to have it finished. And if I had started at Dad's, all my stuff was there already, so I had to transfer, like, three backpacks just to bring all my stuff over. Yeah, because you were an athlete, too, so between everything, it was a lot. Yeah, between sports and school, it was... It was a challenge. So that split schedule is kind of how things started, and then you found that challenging because your grades started to drop, and I remember projects weren't quite getting turned in on time because there was just kind of a drop as far as, I think, you being eight, there was a lot of onus kind of put on your shoulders to make sure. There was a lot of stress behind it. I mean, my wheels were always turning. Mm -hmm. I was always questioning what was going on. Who's ever house. Yeah. So, yeah, I was, 
I was a, I was a mess at that point. Yeah, I know. That was a hard, hard transition. And so I know that at that point, your father and I had sat down, had a conversation and said, you know, this isn't really working. Um, it was hard for all of us. And then we migrated to a week on, week off schedule. And I think all of us, and I think you'll agree that we all did like that much better because you were so active in sports that as a parent, we still saw you throughout the week. It was never about just your dad's time or my time. It was always about your time, and we tried to spend that time with you yeah, that's at what the sporting I was, events. That's what I was going to bring up was exactly like if I had a basketball game, you were always going to be there if I was at dad's week and vice versa. Yeah. Everybody got along well mm-hmm. when I was around, and – uh it went smoother once I had changed to that one week on, one week off process. Yeah. Now, we just kind of covered the sporting events. Another topic would be holidays. How about your birthdays and how we kind of handled those for you? So my birthdays, um, we used to do my birthdays together. So my mom and dad, they would kind of collaborate and figure out a place or they would ask me what I wanted to do or where I wanted to go. Say we wanted to go bowling. So mom and dad would both call up either side of each other's family and we'd all meet up. So I'd have all my grandparents from both sides there. And we'd all just get together and have a good time. Yeah. Was that important to you? Yeah, that was super important to me. I'm I'm glad that I was able to still have that family feel of my original family. Right. Have all of the interactions. No, I I remember too, even after the divorce and as your dad and I met significant others, how that was kind of a strange feeling for them to come in because your dad and I were so close and wanted to make sure that things were as seamless as possible, that then you have these outside um partners coming into that and that could add stress into a relationship but eventually I think everybody came on the same page and saw you thrive in that type of atmosphere so it was important for us to continue that tradition even though we might have had new partners as we kept going Um, so is there anything that you would like to share that didn't work well for you that was a struggle throughout the divorce that we could have done better as parents what didn't work well, as we've said already, was doing midweek transitions. What also didn't work well was you moving at a further distance. Right. Like you had moved to Virginia and dad had stayed here. And I would, I didn't know where, where I wanted to go. Yeah. But my, my heart kind of said to stay in Maine with dad and so I didn't have to change schools so I could keep all my same friends and stuff. But I also feel like I missed out on new opportunities from not moving, making new friends, playing different sports, and whatnot. Yeah, so that that was definitely a hard transition for all of us. So just a little backstory on that. When I met Nadia's father, we had moved to Virginia because he had an employment opportunity there and it was a very very difficult decision but unfortunately 
due to Maine licensing laws, he wasn't able to get a job here as a dentist. So it required us to move out of state. And uh, I did have a custody battle with uh, Connor's dad to be able to bring him to Virginia. And in the end, Connor's wishes were to stay in Maine. So he spent half his time with me in in Virginia and half his time with his dad um, because I only ended up being there for about six months. So uh, in the end, it was about three months of the summer was with me and then holidays and Thanksgiving. And then by January, I was back here in Maine because we all found it too difficult uh, to be apart. So it felt like five years. I know it's crazy to think back on even even for me when I came back, it felt like it was a long time. So it's it's crazy how it can do that for you. Um, Now, based on your total experience, knowing you were eight years old, you're now 20. What type of advice would you give parents that are going through divorce that have young kids in order to help support them through the process? My advice to you guys is to just keep a smile on your face. Give a little bit of information beforehand as to what you're going through. Don't be so held back. I mean, we were kids. We can still understand we know that we know when our parents are kind of down and whatnot. So if you just express it, then I feel that it's much easier than just being like, "Oh, we're your dad and I are no longer together anymore." Right. So you don't feel blindsided. So it's kind of slowly flowed into it. Yeah. And yeah. And what about any kids? Is there any advice that you would give kids? I know when you were young, you were. Like you said, the carpet got pulled out from underneath your feet, but is there any words of encouragement that you have? Um, For kids, I know it's really hard at first. Like, it seems like it's the end of the world, and it's never going to get better. But honestly, it just gives you more opportunity to grow, and there's more people that you'll eventually get to meet, in my case anyway, where I had new siblings on both sides, so... It helped me kind of become a better person because I was an only child. So me becoming like an older brother was a helpful step for me. Yeah, I love that perspective that even in our worst times, there's room for growth and development and learning. And even though we can't see it right in front of us, that when we look back, that we see that it was an opportunity to grow. Well, thank you. I appreciate you for joining us on this podcast and sharing your story with my listeners You're a smart young man. Thank you. I'm blessed. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you. As we wrap up this episode, remember that co-parenting is a journey of growth and learning. By prioritizing your children's well-being, establishing healthy boundaries, and fostering open communication, you can create a positive co-parenting dynamic. Thank you again for joining us today. If you found this episode valuable, please subscribe rate, leave a review, and don't forget to share it with your friends and family. I look forward to continuing our Breakup to Breakthrough series next week. Until then, remember, growth knows no limits.
wait, wait, before you go, I almost forgot. I want to remind you that the information shared on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While coaching principles and techniques can be transformative, it's important to remember that the content provided should not replace professional advice or therapy. If you require personalized guidance or support, I encourage you to seek the assistance of a qualified coach or relevant professionals in the specific area you're looking to address. The Mainly Coaching Podcast is here to inspire and motivate you, but it is not a substitute for individualized assistance. Thank you again for joining me on this journey of personal growth. Stay tuned for our next episode where we will dive deeper into a specific area of focus within coaching. Until then, keep embracing growth and remember, you have the power to achieve greatness.